0: Thank <music>
1: Cave, a big war to all of you. We'll get right into part two with Fiona Gao in a moment. The pandemic and special pathogen coordinator for the Colorado Department of Public Health. Whew, I think I said public, but close enough. That's a lot of words to say, and I said them close, close to how they go and how they sound. And before we get into it, I just want to mention. Big Nothingness, if you haven't seen it, it's free on YouTube. Go to DavidHuntsberger.com or you can watch it without ads on Vimeo. It recently made a top 10 list, which that's unusual for me. And I have to assume it's the, the one on the list with by far the fewest number of views because most of them I think were likely uh, through major outlets. So again, YouTube, Vimeo, I'm very, um, I guess, honored. I don't know, I'm flattered that someone liked it or saw it, and hopefully you do as well. And also want to mention that the views expressed by Fiona are her own. They do not belong to any entity or place of employment. Here comes an ice cream truck. I'm going to head out, get some ice cream, leave the confines of this comfy little enclave here in the deep nether reaches of our known universe, I'll be back. But in the interim, enjoy part two with Fiona Gale. Yeah, you're in an unenviable position uh, not being, and I don't want to, like, tempt you to, to talk negatively about anyone, obviously, <laughs> in the world, although there's got to be some figures from the past that we could bring up and be like, yeah, well, I think human, like humans can unanimously, universally agree that was a bad person. Now, maybe we'll evolve to a, a position later in life where we have some level of understanding of free will and empathy toward just like, yeah, they're just a person. They're just wired up that way. But when when people are responsible for deaths, plural, even if that's just two, it's really hard to have a tremendous amount of empathy for what they have done. And then when that is a little more of a gray area, as far as like, well, how many deaths is any person responsible for? Are we all responsible for this? Are people that got on the radio and folks, I got to tell you, uh, uh, these mandates are against it. Do not, do not get this. And then all those AM radio hosts died. They just all died, or like a (laughs) small percentage of them did. There's probably like fifty thousand. Seven of them died, but it just felt like when it was more than one. I I, I'm embarrassed that I kind of enjoyed that. And I I think it's only because when you purposely and aggressively endangered people's lives and then, then you died from the thing you told them aggressively to avoid protecting themselves from, I think we should as a world be all able to universally and not at the risk of losing your job go, yeah, that person was an idiot. But, so I don't want to put you in that position to say <laughs> that person was an idiot. But hopefully moving around that and not targeting any particular uh, – and I think we all know we're, what we're talking about as far as like how things were handled. But but this Omicron um, variant seems to present some challenges that there's just a tension that's back. That that I, That is – maybe it's the holidays. Maybe it's that like – I, if I'm if I'm just doing it from a, a me perspective, two or three weeks ago, being outdoors and going, should I put a mask on right now? There's people kind of around, and being just kind of chuckling like, oh yeah, I remember that time. And now feeling like, damn it, it is back, and and our store's still selling masks. And I saw a big ass tub of hand sanitizer a month or two ago, and I thought, oh, so glad to not have some impulse to buy that today. Well, that's great. And now I think like, I should have bought that damn sanitizer because it feels like it's coming back. It seems like it's just engulfing us again in a way that's probably not as scary as it feels, but the emotion, it does feel kind of like a
2: bummer. Uh, it's it's an enormous bummer. It's unfortunately like a, it's a predictable bummer, unfortunately, when there's tons of virus in the community. There's more virus out there that can can mutate as it replicates and create new versions of itself that behave a little bit differently it stinks
1: yeah man
2: but it was it it's as someone who has been trying to champion all the layers of protection so that we can really reduce the amount of virus in our community until enough people are vaccinated that we don't have it spreading widely. It's tough seeing those not implemented for reasons that decision makers are making that are beyond my, you know, I don't have that decision-making authority for a reason. (laughs) 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 There's lots of things at play, but it has felt to me, uninformed by, by the reality of safety practice. Right. And, um, in my world, we talk about the layers of protection. There's this diagram that's been sort of on the internet a fair amount. It's the, called the Swiss cheese diagram. And it shows that you have all of these layers and each one is imperfect. Each layer of protection is imperfect. But um, each layer of protection is maybe the thing that stops the bad thing from happen. But you need more than one layer because each layer has holes and you just really want those holes to never line up perfectly so that people end up Um, injured or ill. Um, We also talk about things like the hierarchy of controls. So the NIOSH hierarchy of controls is a pyramid that describes the best way to prevent an injury or illness from happening. And it talks about elimination of the risk, substitution of the risk for something that is less bad. The next layer is um, engineering controls. So how do you create an environment where the person is not exposed to the risk? Then administrative controls, which is like monitoring and training, and then protective equipment is the last one. Um, I think we all hoped that the vaccine would be elimination and that's how it really functioned with the alpha variant it just hasn't been true with Delta but we've been still ex- treating it that way um, but if you if you compare if you think of the an equivalent thing that you'd want to avoid um, childproofing your house and electricity right so you you think of little crawling around on your floor and him his ability to maybe stick his finger in an electrical socket right <laughs> Elimination may not work. Elimination is you not having electricity in your house. I don't think that's a step you're going to take. (laughs) So maybe you do substitution of the risk, right? Well, probably battery-operated everything isn't ideal either. So you can't use that effectively. Engineering controls, things like moving the sockets so that they're not in the area that the baby is, right? So sockets are higher on the floor so your baby can't reach them. That's great, but that's a lot of money. So maybe it makes more sense to prevent access with those little socket covers. And there's different levels of one that that you might use better ones in more high-risk areas. But your approach is never going to be stick rubber gloves on your baby. (laughs) 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 And just let them them add the electricity, right? So you, you need more than one thing and you want the right amount of protection for the amount of risk. And it has felt a lot like we relied exclusively on vaccines for a long time. They are amazing. They are absolutely the best thing that you can do to prevent yourself from ending up in the hospital. But we all need to be vaccinated to really reduce the risk significantly. And we switched to pretty much a vaccine-only strategy when only 60 to 70% of the population was vaccinated with their first dose which has proven to not be enough especially as kids ended up back in schools you know my son's in a class of 25 kids who for the first four months of school weren't even eligible to be vaccinated but they all yeah. could get sick and they could all bring it home to people's parents yeah um, so so yeah we need more than one layer of protection right now and we need the layers of protection to be effective and multiple. So that's that's my message. So masks, good quality masks, masks that fit you well that you can wear reliably, probably choosing not to be in a restaurant where you're sitting six feet from someone who whose vaccination status and habits that you don't know. It's Omicron. We don't really know We know it's not great. We know it's contagious. We know hospitals are getting full really fast. It's a good time. It's a good time to re-strategize and reduce your exposure, reduce your dangerous behavior um, and add layers of protection back in where you might not have needed them for a while if there wasn't a lot of COVID in your community.
1: Yeah, we uh, have a person in my life uh, who missed one of our Zoom get-togethers because uh he was out at a physical party at during one of like the peaks. But this is in kind of a rural area. So I check in, hey man, where were you? Oh, it's just a little party, no big deal. So it was outdoors? No. Masks? No. Were you shaking hands? Yep. I'm like, are you gonna go see like your your in-laws? You know, people older than you that are, yeah, supposed to see them a couple of days. I'm like the conversation is so civil, but it's via text, which is so a lot of the engineering things, the you know the the the, high, the pyramid here is barreling toward a bad point, but I'm hold I'm just holding out some confidence in like it is a rural area, maybe maybe that is enough, but just kind of pleading, give it a rest, you know, give it a little breather before you go see them, just to see, you know, and uh, and then months later checking in and you know the vaccines are out, are you gonna do it? No. Months later, are you vaccinated yet? No. At this point it's you know not, I'm not dealing with someone who I have a low estimation of their intelligence it the the reasoning however is just it got too po- politicized and I would say okay well slavery was heavily politicized I think we can look back and say one side was definitively the accurate one so you can't use that defense forever I just too many too many um, bits of misinformation coming out I, I at this point I don't know so I I just keep thinking of that with there's a one specific text exchange which which was, but we don't know the long term effects. And I would say that yeah, that's true. But we 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 don't know them with children either. And you have two children, so we don't know what the the coronavirus in general is going to do there. So isn't that a little bit higher of a risk than you maybe having a lazy eye when you're 70 or some not usage in your pinky or something we don't know of yet? We don't know what's going to happen. But say there is something. And then I think of that just tangentially, that that's the herd. If everyone had this virus and everyone's pinkies, they'll figure something out for our pinkies. Let's all jump in together. Anyway, he uh, said, "What? why? But wh- what would happen? And I would say, well, the longer you wait, and the more this thing swirls around out there, the more these variants can mutate and it develop into something that is maybe vaccine-resistant. And that might be why Omicron feels so terrible, is that, like, You know, Mu kind of came and went. Delta we're still aware of. But it it hasn't, I think to most people, kind of sunk in that we're just working our way through the alphabet. We just kind of sit month to month like, what's it now? Epsilon? What's it doing? Oh, God. It eats your flesh? And it'll just keep going around and just whipping around through these waves. Oh, you know, Omicron will be over in March. It'll be mild. But the more people that get it, the more bodies it lives in then the next one and then – that's what feels so terrifying that the people that are just kind of waiting it out like, I'll get it. I'll get the sniffles. Oh, my kid will get it and they'll be fine when it turns into like, oh, man, Zeta? Yikes. It does this. Everyone's projectile vomiting all over the place. What's it going to take? Like you were saying, people have to see it personally. Is, is that what it's going to take for people to be like, i got to sprint across town and to get vaccinated? And then we will go – they don't really work anymore. You waited too long. That's the terror. And I'm sorry to be so negative, but that I think is the Omicron terror. No, I
2: I think, I mean, I share your terror and listening to President Biden yesterday being like, go get vaccinated. I'm like, but Omicron is here. And like, <laughs> it's going to take two weeks for you to get any level of protection. Like, so right <laughs> now, wear a mask and get vaccinated. <laughs> Do both. You need both, like. Um, so yeah, there is that terror, and I think it is fascinating that people have reacted the way that they have. But it was predictable because it did become politicized, and it was politicized on purpose, and that's unfortunate and frustrating. And and these things are political; they affect the economy, they affect people's lives, and politics are people. <laughs> um, so it's expected it just feels like we could be doing better and i think for me that's why omicron is so frustrating because we're watching literally a repeat of the first wave in colorado right now um when when COVID first arrived in colorado it came with ski season and travelers came and they the first cases were in our mountain towns and that is what we are seeing right now with COVID. there's not confirmed omicron there but we're seeing that sudden steep spike in cases in our mountain towns that is likely omicron because people have gotten used to how they can protect themselves effectively with delta variant and the previous variants and we need to adjust and rethink things and take care of each other and there's no guarantee that omicron is milder than other variants we just don't have enough information to really
1: know yet so well i i mean i I, th- I think I mentioned ahead of time. That's why I wanted you to have wanted you to come do the show and chat about it because getting this message out civilly and with, like we talked about, kids seeing the flame and just you know, th- there's something we respond to with someone. Ah, uh, folks, a uh, uh, quick word from uh, Viagra, real quick, and then we'll get back. And I got to tell you exactly what's going to happen. People respond really well to that too. They go, oh, you know. He was saying there's actually like a race of alien people and they want us all vaccinated so that they can – when they beam us in the eyes, we we actually receive the beam. That made some good sense. There are those people and that's going to be a difficult group to get through to. And I don't think anyone really listening to this show is sitting there like rubbing their chin going, "Man, should I – and who knows, you know, I, I can't say that I know everyone that listens, but I just think the general topics that are discussed, it's likely a group that's just wanting to know like topping po- talking, talking points and potentially how to disseminate that to other people. Because the fear that is there, it's not like that's going to go away. When we got used to 30,000, I can still remember a person jogging off my front steps as I was getting back from a run, no mask and I, and I wanted to say hey man there's a pregnant lady in that house that you just knocked on the door holding a box that you were going to hand to her 2 feet away. I didn't say that, but I just said hey man where's your mask? And he goes, "Oh, don't worry about it." And I go, "I am worried about it. 30,000 people have died." And he goes, "It's not that big a deal." And then we parted company. And I really wanted to say other things, but I just thought get off my steps. And you work for a company where like I can I can tattle on you, buddy. I don't think I did, but just knowing like you're you're a thumbs up or a thumbs down from having a bad day. D- don't jog off my steps, but thirty thousand felt like a lot at that time. And now to think, as we barrel toward a million, and the fear of the virants or the variants cycling around in wave after wave of it being like, remember when it was only a million? I remember when life was really still feasible. That's the fear. And so hearing rational, calm. Here are the facts. Here's what to do. Wear a mask. Hopefully people can use that and translate it into the alien beam light people because that's the bridge, I guess, to cross at this point.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I really think that the cool thing about preventing respiratory illness is that we know how to do it. (laughs) <laughs> we have had these tools since for, for fifty years. Like we've been preventing respiratory illness from being spread in hospitals really effectively for fifty years. You need good quality personal protective equipment. but the reality is people have to drink water, so they do have to take their masks off sometimes. So then you need the space around people to be, Relatively protective as well. So airflow in any space that you are with other people, ventilation, filtration, um, those cool HEPA filter systems that you can buy and like stick in a room if you're having people but you don't need that you can have a box. Fan of blowing blowing air through your space, so you're just not all breathing the same air all the time. Monitoring the amount of air in your space with a simple carbon dioxide monitor that just tells you how fresh the air in your space is. Because breathing in the oxygen, we're breathing out the carbon dioxide. If the carbon dioxide is increasing, well, then you know that you're not getting enough fresh air into the space. <laughs> you're breathing all the same stuff. Um, so ventilation is important. Um, um, social distancing. People like to think of that as the six feet rule, and that is important, right? Stay six feet away from people to the extent possible. That's not always possible, but it also means maybe not spending time with those people who were no like that guy who dropped off the package. Yeah. Not responsible and don't care. Don't interact with him. Like, give that guy a wide berth. I was talking to my husband today, and he was talking about going to buy Christmas presents in. A neighboring county from where I am. And they have a very different culture in that county. Um, I live in Arapahoe County. It's sort of greater Denver, the southern end. Um, Douglas County is much more a mix of the exurbs and, and rural Colorado. It has a very, very different culture. And the difference in masking in those two communities is stark. <laughs> yeah, And I have stopped going to that county and spending money there because I don't feel safe there. I don't feel like it is worth my time to go there. Um, so I don't. So that is my version of social distancing in this time where I have the luxury of not having to work in contact with people. Um, the other things that we can do are, are absolutely getting your vaccine, getting boosted, <laughs> limiting your contacts to those that are really important to you right now. Um, those are the big ones. But can I talk about masks for a minute?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you do, I just want to interject something that comes up on this show from time to time, which is, you know, have people on that have PhDs from uh, facilities of higher learning that everyone would know and go, whoa, oh, wow. And to a person, they almost all say, "I I know it sounds intimidating, but it's just at school and I just happen to be good at this and I applied myself and I think anyone could do it. You talk with someone um, – this guy Lee Bruns was on recently. He's like, I couldn't go to college. But undeniably, you could listen to him and be like, that guy's brain is incredibly well engaged and has a database of information that's staggering as far as like mechanical things, bolts, screws, threads, et You know, on and on. And so he and I talked about that where like intelligence is a very vast sort of pool that it's not defined by like, oh, get out of here. You didn't. Where'd you do your undergrad? Beat it. You're dumb. You know, that person that you just said was dumb and headed out could rewire the starter to your car out in the parking lot or something just offhand. They've never seen your car before, but just intuitively know how it works. And everyone, no matter what level of education, has seen a screen door keep leaves from blowing into their house or seen the filter on their car be shown to them, even if they can't change the oil themselves, that it's filthy. They've seen a candle not be able to be blown out because you're wearing some sort of mask. You know, maybe you're wearing a Santa beard and it was challenging. Maybe, you know, you're wearing something at some point in your life where you saw this, the, the flame, you saw the flame. So why is it still so challenging? But anyway, so Masks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think to
2: address that question, part of the reason is that there's a lot of misinformation about masks as well. Um, and there's this concept called the illusory truth effect. Is that a term you've
1: ever heard? Oh, it sounds vaguely familiar, but probably in like a heist movie I saw or something. Right. So
2: forgive me because I am not a I am not an expert in this, but it's this concept that if you hear something repeatedly. Um, it it lodges in the back of your brain, even though it's false. And then it's there in the back of your brain. And when you hear something else, it references that thing that even though you knew it was false, it's still there in your brain and your body is going, that's familiar. So this false concept of whether or not masks work and protect people is built slowly over time by all of these people not saying good things about masks or saying bad things about masks. And it builds over time and it's built up. And so now there are these people who have all of this information that's based on this one little fallacy that somebody repeated enough that now it's in their brain. And I think this is one of the challenges of social media and the confirmation bias. And we're all seeing more stuff that agrees with what we see. Mm -hmm. So the folks who have this opinion that masks don't work are probably basing it on information that has been fed to them repeatedly and constantly. And it's just unfortunate because it's based on that information. The reality is we have been using respirators for an extensive period of time to prevent illness in healthcare workers when they treat Viral diseases that spread by airborne contact and even by droplet. So, if you think of TB, TB is a disease that is known to be airborne, which means it can be present in small enough particles in the air that they float around and they stay around in the air for a long period of time. Um, TB, measles, chickenpox are kind of the big ones that people think about. Um, so, We've been using respirators. And when I'm choosing the word respirators purposefully. N95s, P95s, R95s, (laughs) N100s, P100s, R100s, N95s are the most common. And they're the easiest ones to come by and to wear. They are respirators. They filter out small viral particles so that when you are breathing in and breathing out, you are not being exposed to enough dose of virus that you will be sick. We know they work. In the US, we rely on ones that have been fit-tested so that they have been proven to filter out enough of the particles that you can do your job in them safely. Um, We don't really have the capacity to do that on a large scale in society. It's complicated and time-consuming. But an N95 that will pass a positive and negative pressure test um, is a very, very, very effective tool. Worn tightly, worn reliably whenever you're near other people is a great tool to prevent illness. They're hard to wear for a long time. We've all seen the pictures of the healthcare workers with like the rub, you know, the raw skin where their mask came in. It's hard to wear that all the time. Yeah. A really good filter tool that is a very effective tool is something like a KN95, a KF94, or a filtering face piece, uh, too, from Europe. These are just different countries' standards. They're slightly less tight-fitting, but very effective ways to filter out the air. They don't fit as tightly. They they are still incredibly effective at protecting you if you wear them reliably and when you are interacting with people whose COVID behaviors you don't know or trust. Yeah, So masks are awesome, (laughs) and they are really effective. N95s, properly fitted, properly worn, definitely the best. Um, P100s are even better, but if they don't fit you and then you're not comfortable and you can't wear them, you, you want a mask that you can wear reliably for a long period of time and you want one that fits you properly so the air that you're breathing is coming in through the mask. Surgical masks are good, cloth masks work, not as well as any of the others. So now, with Omicron, with the fear of what's going on, um, with us not knowing exactly what this variant does and how well our treatments work, um, it's a good time to upgrade your mask, just to add <laughs> a really good layer of protection. I
1: <laughs> you think you're lucky in being able to, and I mean, you're a human, so there's a part of your brain that definitely wants to go into the, the what if of the other part, but... Being able to focus on here's what works, here's the science, here's you know I, I got really into early on like these particle studies of bandana versus double folded this versus the neck gaiter versus the K and you know and just watching some of them take place, some of the study how they did them and the results, and not focusing so much on the other side of well, where is this reluctance coming from. And, you know, the, that also, like everything, has a scale to it. And when I was at the grocery store when it was still like pre-vaccine, high spike. My brain would just sort of shut off into like, get things I need, leave. Try to be cordial as much as possible. Don't talk to people. Don't be like feeling out a bunch of different products. Grab one, go. And I'm waiting in line. And right before I step forward, <laughs> the cashier take, lowers his mask and goes, <gasps> <sighs> and then puts it back on. And I'm like, I'm just was thinking the raw thing that you're talking about. Like, man, that I go, oh, have you, have you, I didn't even think of all the particles. He just shot out into the world for me to walk into like a swarm of bees. And I just said like, which in hindsight was such a sweet burn. I didn't mean it that way at all. He probably quit right after. Cause he was sick of dealing with who he thought of as like pretentious jerks. But he goes – I go, oh, is that mask driving you crazy? And he goes, oh, dude, I don't wear it since like blah, blah, blah time. It's been like two or three hours. And I'm and I'm referencing something that's true. I said, oh, yeah, a friend of mine was an ER doctor. They, he had to wear his like 14 hours. Just Matt trying to make conversation, not realizing like I'm burning the bejeeze out of this guy. And he like just put it – he just sat there quietly and rang up my stuff and let me leave. And I thought, oh, that's weird. His, his demeanor changed a lot. It, it wasn't until I was driving away that I was like – Oh, he thought I was shaming him for taking it down, which in hindsight, I should have been doing. So that's kind of just tangential to like, everyone slips up. Everyone, he was, he was just tired. He wasn't thinking and he made a mistake, but he probably was mad at himself and quiet while he was ringing up my stuff because he knew that. And that feels bad during this when someone makes you feel like you're dumb or you screwed up or you're not like at the level that they are or that you should be. And I think that's what tucks it or that, ties into what I was kind of alluding to with if you can just focus on the science and what should be done you can take your mind off of how there's a group that doesn't like I have to get a fishing license to fish I have to drive a speed limit I have to wear a seat belt I have to get registration and insurance and I can't be drunk while I'm doing it I gotta wear a motorcycle helmet while I'm on my it's my motorcycle I own it stop telling me what to do that group and that mindset makes a lot of sense as like, no, you can't put something into my body. It's enough. I've taken enough crap. Cause that, is, that seems to me like a Rubik's Cube that has 50 pieces per side or something. How to, how to communicate to that group, how to you could say everything you just did about masks, and and they'll go, I gotta do my own research. And you're like, sweet, when you get to the bottom of that research, please show me the single page or paragraph that in any way makes a compelling case that the mask is a bad idea. And then understandably, 100% of them get it. They all get COVID. I did my own research. I now have COVID. There's not been a person that's like, I've avoided the mask and things are going great. Whether that's athletes, politicians, radio DJs, pastors, they have all gotten it. A lot of them have succumbed to it. So I that part, I can't reconcile. And I'm glad that you're able to like, just step out of that lane and just focus on like, here's what we need to be doing. I'm just going to ignore them.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think those people, if they exist in your life, it's a good time during this weird Omicron surge to maybe just choose not to interact closely with those people if you have that luxury. And if you don't have that luxury, get yourself the best quality mask so that you can wear it around those people for those, you know. Healthcare workers have been dealing with those people for months now, and it is really tiresome to deal with the folks who don't believe in masks and don't believe that they have COVID and are coughing and sick and want you to give them drugs that have not been proven when there are drugs that have been proven.
1: Crazy with Omicron that like Regeneron sort of came out and said like, it's not as effective, folks. You know, so there was this whole sort of, I didn't wear a mask, I didn't get the vaccine, I did no social distancing mononucleal, is that right? Treatment? Monoclonal antibodies? Monoclonal antibodies, Regeneron, uh, Ivermectin. I did the I did the whole thing, folks. I got it. I'm, I'm safe. I recommend that. I put all these healthcare workers through additional toil and stress for my own well-being, and I recommend you do the same. Walk in, cough, tell them you can't breathe. They'll be thrilled to see you. They've been doing this for over 18 months now, nonstop, at a level that's causing their hair to fall out. They'll be psyched to see you. They'd ask for the horse paste. Just crazy, that level of selfishness. Yeah, I, I wish it didn't exist,
2: but unfortunately it does. Um,
1: so yeah, don't
2: indulge those people.
1: <laughs> I... <laughs> what about this person? starting to cut in yelling. I just had this vision. <laughs> There's like this young, she's a girl in this scenario. She knits, she's quiet, she's bookish. She draws little pictures of mice. And Stop describing
2: me in a bad way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <this> is, <laughs> you do draw. I think of you always drawing sharks. This is this someone. She's like five foot one. She's a little person, and she maybe she's even like vegan. She just follows the science. Is not opinionated about it. Quietly does her business. She's re- dreading going to family Thanksgiving of twenty twenty, or maybe it was Easter. She's dreading going to Easter, but she's gonna do it. She's got an 95 eats quietly off to the side, pulls the mask down, puts in a bite, mostly has the mask on at the table. Her parents have said, it's going to cause a lot of drama with your uncle Denny, but we'll support you. And she goes, thanks, I, pre- I just feel better. And Denny's laughing at her, making fun of her. And now this year at Easter or Christmas, that seat is empty because Denny died. And how does she feel? Some people have had to deal with that of like, God, I don't don't want to feel good about this. I mean, is it nice that Denny's not here at this dinner laughing at me? Yes. Does it suck that my parents lost their brother and their brother-in-law? Yes. So that person, that Denny guy, creates a lot of emotions around them by just not wearing, just wear the mask, folks.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think this comes down to some of that. Don't tolerate crummy behavior from people you invite into your home. (laughs) <laughs> so, like, I would feel worse for mom and dad in that scenario if they had shut Denny down when he was being a jerk to their daughter right like he might have learned a lesson from that like oh being a complete COVID denier is socially unacceptable maybe I should rethink how where my information is coming from I love these people they care about me why do they think I'm so wrong um, but when we tolerate completely irresponsible behavior nonstop and rude behavior about stuff we are indulging that and tacitly accepting COVID irresponsibility as okay and you know there there are people who i'm not friends with on facebook anymore who i don't see socially anymore because i don't tacitly accept their approach
1: yeah we had a person Holding it, we had it. We're holding a newborn. Came into a, a person's house that we were visiting. Knew we were there with a the baby. Walked right in to the room we were in, no mask. They went back outside to wait by the garage and like, oh, do you want to come out and say hi? It's someone we know. I was kind of like, oh yeah, but I also was like, Is it, did they get the vaccine? No, no, they've heard people are reacting poorly to it, so they're waiting. And that what? Well, this person who I think is intelligent, I've had a pleasant experience with them in our engagements before, felt it was comfortable no mask during a pandemic to walk into a room with a, with someone who's clearly very vulnerable and, and, and not eligible for the vaccine. That, w- that behavior was so frustrating after the fact that I didn't have the capacity in the moment to react and just call out how absurd it was. So then you do, like, you just peel back, you unfriend people, or you subconsciously kind of go, ah, the next time they ask me to get together, I think I'm going to say no. And I, I still don't think we're getting more divided. I know that's a common thing. It's just the groups are redefining, you know, the, the groups are reassembling in different ways.
2: Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to just slowly back away. Like, I think societally, we're not great with conflict, but I think it's very okay for mousy mitter in the corner to just say, Denny, stop insulting me. Like Mm. this is unacceptable. Yeah. He keeps making fun of her. She doesn't have to be there. Right. And, and it's, it's tough. I feel like we've dealt with this dynamic in lots of different types of scenarios in our society. Like I think probably the most recent one is when there's a family member who, who is trans, who is not accepted by some part of the family. and, Those lines get created and and where those lines are changes. And it's, it's just, it's very tough because it feels like the burden is often put on the people who are trying to be kind and generous of spirit. And um, I wish there was less tolerance of that (sighs) nonsense. And I think it changes slowly over time. And one of the frustrating things with COVID is we needed to change on a
0: in yeah. a hurry. Well, <laughs> it, it, That's very different.
2: <laughs> like, we have a very different experience of what it's like to have a gay neighbor today than we did in 1998. And we don't have that time
1: frame to that work with. That analogy, the, though, that makes so much sense, the, you can be so much more endearing, you know, obviously, like, in person, looking into someone's eyes, to be, you know, a small town. You think of, like, how big the community is where that interaction can take place is it someone speaking up at the town hall meeting is it someone just going into someone's home and being like hey I know this is something that's unusual to you but here's 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 some things about my daughter I'm going to leave this pamphlet here if you guys could when you do come over this weekend for dinner just be familiar with it is all that's all we're asking you and that family maybe turns a huge corner because someone was personal to them they were kind about it they they didn't force their beliefs on them and they asked them to accept a person or a thing into their life with a little bit of uh, information ahead of time. Whereas this happens so, f- so quickly that, you know, if you didn't want the vaccine and then next thing you know, there's a mandate happening. It's like if you drop that pamphlet off and then instead the next thing you saw was just like a sign or a fence go up where you're like, whoa, now my child can't go to that place. I, I thought we had a conversation here. Like you didn't have a conversation. It's, it was too fast. It was too quick. we, we made this law. and And so trying to think of society as a community, it's someone who just gets way too big and these decisions are made that they have to feel so personal. Like, I didn't want to wear my seatbelt. Like, sorry, we as a group just made a decision that way too many of you that don't wear your seatbelt fly through your windshield, even if it's someone else's fault, so you gotta wear it And you come to terms with it. but a needle going in your arm, that how do you sit down and say, Denny? Buddy, I love you. Can you just read this? I don't know.
2: So one of the cool things is that there are great programs that really help the right people to have those conversations effectively. So ideally, it's someone that you trust already, someone like a primary care physician um, who has an established relationship of trust, of taking good care of someone. Um one of the challenges in our country is that not everybody has a primary care physician, um, which makes that harder. Because I think a lot of these people who are vulnerable and really would benefit a lot from having the vaccine are people who maybe are pre-diabetic and don't realize it, and haven't been to the doctor in ten years, and that's a shame. Um, but another thing is to start with empathy and understanding, because there there are often a lot of people who just want to have the conversation from a place of i'm scared i don't understand this i don't understand this technology explain it to me um and when you start with empathy with these conversations you're a lot more likely to maybe not even have them get the vaccine that day but when they're when they come in the next time they're more likely to get it because you've listened you've taken them seriously Um, and then one of the things that I think is powerful is social making it socially unacceptable to not have a vaccine. Like I think when people are like, I have to, I want to go to New York and I, if I'm going to eat in a restaurant there, I have to have a vaccine. So I guess I have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but then you think of someone in a small town who doesn't travel and there's no rules in their town there's not a lot, and they work for themselves. They're a small business owner. There's not going to be a mandate that reaches them. So you need more than one technique to reach people. And I'm not sure we have even tapped all of the wells of the ways we can convince them. Seems like we're making progress slowly, fast yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: It still kind of sucks though that like the, the the plan B to like, well, first present, facts data be reasonable rational compassionate care you know there's someone that's a human being someone you fear especially if they're close with your parents maybe you don't know them at all but plan b is also like and then get away from them then just (laughs) wear your mask don't spend time with them and that's kind of where we're at i guess which is a bummer but You know, what else, what else are the, force yourself into a room, be in an elevator with them all the time. You know, they, oh, they're going to, they're going to judge you if they're talking openly with no mask on and you're wearing a mask, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I,
2: I think you're talking about two different things, right? Like convincing someone to get the vaccine is the empathy, the nice discussion, how we respond to what's going on with Omicron is more like, I'm not going to be near you right now. Sorry, Denny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hopefully more people are making that because as it swirls around and the Denny's of the world are getting it and hopefully they're not all dying from it, but also hopefully they're not overwhelming healthcare workers yet again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't emphasize enough Our healthcare workers are so tired. Um, you know, they're they're considering, they're facing, like, I might get this from a patient and I might not be able to spend Christmas with my kid again. Mm. Like, that, that's <laughs> awful. They've been sacrificing so much nonstop for almost two years at this point. And we've all been sacrificing, but a, an ER nurse, an ICU nurse, I mean, it's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, ED doctor, it's, it's tiring and... It's never seeming to go away because we can't seem to all be on the same team and and fight for it. And we're just asking them every day to sacrifice a little bit more of themselves. And that gets old.
1: Yeah, that's where I've, I've become kind of a doomsdayer where on the positive side of the most cynical and negative is that the people we are waiting on will slowly just die off, unfortunately, through their very own doing. They, they couldn't have done more to do that. It sounds so cynical and terrible, but every preventative measure was available to people currently living right now as this goes out. And if they die in the next few months of COVID and they're unvaccinated, I don't know how bad you can feel. And if that happens in a way that like, oh, well, we're kind of reaching a herd immunity now because there's some stability. We're reaching vaccination levels and the unvaccinated, their numbers are going down, whether they are getting vaccinated to leave that group or dying to leave that group, but that number will go down. The positive side of that level of cynicism is or the sorry, the the way more negative is that the variants will continue to mutate while we wait, while we feel like, oh, it's okay, we're vaccinated, we'll just wait it out. So that is gonna become a, a, a harder thing to be calm and civil as someone's like, I just I just think it infringes on my freedoms. you like, but you're gonna go into a hospital where people are frazzled they've missed Christmas after Christmas and birthday parties because of a replica of you someone that had your exact same viewpoint please just begging please think of someone else yeah I
2: I'm just gonna remind People, because it's not just the people who are unvaccinated who are at risk right now with this crisis surge. It's people who have appendicitis and go to the hospital, or people who have autoimmune diseases. Yeah, we run the risk of, you know, really putting people who are in cancer treatment for very treatable cancers, and if they get COVID while they're getting chemo, could not survive, and that's. That's the the crisis that I don't think I can stand. Like the, the folks who are choosing not to make the prevention measures is one thing, but they have a lot of impact on society at large and, and people who have done all of the right things, but still need to go to the doctor to get their chemo. And maybe they're getting exposed there because the doctor treated someone who wouldn't wear a mask. And, and that's that's the piece of this that we seem to not be taking seriously those folks who have challenges that make the vaccine less effective. We don't need to be sacrificing people who are already going through tough times.
1: Yeah. No, I, uh, I think we all have people in our lives that fit those categories too, where you like really, really worry about them. And so often, so, you know, I have a family member who again, lives in a rural area, hangs out with tough guys, tough folks, and they don't wear masks and, you know, this person I'm referencing, you know, had cancer, going through cancer treatments, just every time I thought of them, oh, I ran into so-and-so the other day, I would just, like, get so nervous, like, oh, God, do they wear a mask? No, no. I was like, oh, why? why? Did you tell him you had cancer? Oh, I didn't want to bother him. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe get that person a shirt that says, I had cancer,
2: wear your mask, <laughs>
1: I thought of making – I sincerely thought of making one where, like, this is a weird thing to do but also, like, the most polite way to just kind of, like, point to it and, eh, could you at least stand back a little? Do you have to get your (laughs) spittle on my cheek? (laughs) Uh, How are you keeping your – because I don't want to dwell too much on the things that could go wrong or could be negative. You know, theoretically, Omicron will pass through. It will be a wave. The symptoms will be mild. We hopefully have enough preventative measures where even unvaccinated people who get a bad, bad case, you know, even if they overwhelm hospitals, which hopefully isn't, uh, you know, may, maybe we'll have a miracle where Omicron is mild and people that get it that are unvaccinated stay home and like oh, the sniffles. Um, so whatever that's going to be, hope we'll just hope for the best. But like, what are you doing to stay mentally uh, buoyant? I guess.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I pretty much stopped drinking. That helps. I'm sleeping better and <laughs> 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 drinking tea throughout this interview. Um, so, honestly, like trying to do the good things, but the responsible things that help with wellness, getting a little exercise when I can. Um, also, connections with nice people, I think, help a lot. Like, this interview came from you reaching out to Andy and asking for insight and actually being able to share good information with you felt good, right? Like, it's like, these are people who care. I want to share good information with them. It will feel good to share my expertise with people so that maybe they can be a little bit better. So that helps. Like, I I like sharing information that I think will be valuable to people. I hope your listeners enjoy the conversation. Um,
1: And if you don't beat it, get it. (laughs) Shutting you did, you did off like m- this. Get the hell out of here. That's
2: <laughs> shutting off as much as I can to do stuff. Um, I am a bad painter, and I <laughs> do stuff like that. To try and it's, it's hard to it's hard to think about COVID when you're painting and managing to smear paint all over yourself. So you know, like you're <laughs> it is. it's it allows me to keep my attention playing with my kid. Staying out of situations that stress me out. All of these things are good. Nice. Connections with people.
1: I was referencing... I was recommending early on people read The Plague by Camus because, not for too many spoilers, but at this point I've referenced it months and months ago, but it's kind of about that, that you're always living in some version of a pandemic. That is life. We live on a planet that has volcanoes and people dying unexpectedly and horrible things all the time. When our focus is put in a position where it's real hard to be pulled away from what the the impending doom is, then it become, then it starts to feel like it is something else. Oh, I live on this planet that was always so predictable and easygoing, and now this is happening? Oh, I don't know if I can go on. When in reality, like, it was always pretty tumultuous, and, you know, you can feel a little bit um, – maybe guilty or something, like self-indulgent if you're just partaking in things that make you happy. Oh, I can't feel good about doing this. There are people on ventilators. But that's always been happening. That is life to just, if I'm on a ventilator, I just want people to know, hopefully you're out there doing something you enjoy rather than twiddling your thumbs thinking about me on a ventilator, you know? So I'm glad you're doing that. That sounds great.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it really pays off, you know? Like, sometimes some it, it's great and sometimes it is tough but I sewed a bunch of really simple masks for my son's entire class uh, over the last couple of weeks because there were some kids that were struggling to keep their masks above their nose we know that <laughs> covering your nose is important so Owen's mask always covers the nose so I'm like well maybe maybe that'll help maybe they just need masks and I'll make one for all of them and I got these ridiculously adorable thank you cards from his amazing teacher
1: That's fantastic. every single
2: kid like and, and I didn't expect that and it was amazing and it it was fun doing the little creative project of how do I make 30 masks for all these kids in this class <laughs> <And> <laughs> the payoff was so great I have them sitting next to me they make me smile and those are the kind of things to help too so doing positive things making positive effect um, and taking a break you know Watch some terrible TV. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rewatching like 90s crime dramas because, you know, <laughs> I don't have to think about COVID when I watch The Closer.
1: <laughs> I used to, when I first started doing standup on the road uh, and going to these places or towns that I maybe had kind of a lower estimation of, and stand-up's a good barometer for an entire town. Like, yeah, this place doesn't seem like they like books. And I would get the sense when I would leave there, like, these people work really hard and they go home and they watch these stupid ass game shows that are insulting to intelligence or maybe even a sitcom. But (laughs) during this pandemic, I have fully understood the need to just turn your brain completely off, to just watch something that is absolute trash, feels really nice. So don't beat yourself up if you're doing that, folks. (laughs) It is really nice.
2: I really strongly recommend TV from like the early aughts because it is slightly better than like 90s TV and doesn't have a hint of COVID in it, which is fantastic. (laughs) 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 Like, I will fully admit to watching The Bachelorette and The Bachelor series. It is terrible. It is also pretty and beautiful people in beautiful locations. You know, they had a live show last night with hundreds of people in the audience and none of them wore masks. <laughs> and then someone tweeted at them, God bless the people who tweeted at them, like, why aren't people wearing masks? And they all put on masks. It's like COVID is invading my trash reality TV. <laughs> I mean, it's already been there over and over, but it's just, it's a modern TV. It's a little tricky.
1: That's for sure, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're watching old TV and they are gathered in a group and you're like, guys, 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 that's a lot of you. And then, and I can see why some production companies probably when they're making stuff currently are like, the masks are kind of jarring for people. Let's try to shoot around now. Let's shoot outdoor scenes. And I know having been on some sets during this that the COVID protocols are really good, the testing is really good. And yet still there's a fear, you know, that yeah everyone's masked but there's a lot of humans together being all together i can't imagine being like okay everyone take your places we're gonna do the live scene a hundred people or plus sitting shoulder to shoulder Oof, that's, that's yeah. surprising because from what i've experienced it's been much more you know take your mask off while you shoot your scene put it right back on exit make sure you know your tests are good so but yeah, all these different things to have to take you know hopefully if when it when omicron blows through and or we're a year from now kind of going okay we've reached this weird peaceful state comparatively not compared to maybe i don't know when life was easy i guess everyone has a different place where that would be but just say that uh like 2013 or something was a time where you're like boy i missed 2013 if we get back to something close to that it will it really will feel nice to go into places and not have to like pat your pockets like oh do I have a mask You know, just those kind of little subtle appreciations for like oh life was easier and we didn't have to freak out about that
2: yeah and I think it's important to remember that that time will come right like the the CDC's recommendations about masks are about whether or not there's a lot of virus in your community and we will get there (laughs) we're not (laughs) People like me aren't asking people to wear masks forever and ever. That's not what we need. We just want people to wear masks until enough people are vaccinated and until there's not a lot of virus spreading in a the community, then we can ease back and we can have a lot more easy things. And there they're already great treatments. The new Pfizer pill seems amazing in terms of actually treating COVID um, outside of a hospital setting. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. I'm trying to sound like you, but it's amazing. It's so great. Um, <laughs> I heard currently, like, monoclonal antibodies are tough. It takes a lot of time and effort from healthcare workers. You just sit there and be monitored for an hour after you get this. <laughs> injection or intravenous medication it's it's a lot of work still for healthcare workers so
1: being able to take a pill at home is great um that's a good thing yeah i mean the home tests great and i know that adds into people going we'll never know the total number of tests given and or positives etc but if people can test at home and just kind of say well if i develop any symptoms i'll do what's necessary but being able to stay at home and not overwhelm healthcare workers, or the fact that you could go to your drug cabinet and pop in a pill and not bother healthcare workers—these all thing seem like things that are giant steps in, in the right direction.
2: Absolutely, and human bodies will, re, you know, evolve too, right? Like we're we're figuring our bodies are figuring out with the help of the vaccine how to respond to Delta and hopefully Omicron and we'll get better at handling this too, but there weren't all of the diseases that we have. You know, you think of um, European settlers coming to North America and we brought all these diseases that Native Americans didn't have and it was devastating and terrible, but there are still Native Americans. Their bodies figured it out. They, They got antibodies to diseases. They learned how to avoid diseases and, you know. We will, we will figure this out. There, It's not forever, which is good. It is just sad that it's really crummy right now.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer that it's, you know, during the holidays, that it's kind of roughly around the same time that 2020 started to feel a little tenuous. And I think that that's conjuring up a lot of emotions for people. But I like hearing that, that Keep your heads up, folks. Stay positive. Share this information. Wear the masks. Fiona, this was so fantastic. I really, really appreciate it, and I hope I didn't take up too much of your evening.
2: No, it was fun. It was really nice to talk to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got my ice cream, and it was terrific. I hope you liked that chat. I certainly did. Always great catching up with an old friend and someone who's so intelligent And I hope it helps you start 2022 with a little information, a little optimism, awareness, ways that we can push forward and not be so consumed with dread, et cetera. So hopefully you find some good hobbies, pastimes, ways to keep your mind sharp. I hope this podcast uh, potentially is one of those things. So thank you for listening. If you do support the show on Patreon, thank you for that. The show is brought to you by contributions from listeners just like you. There are no ads. I think we're all sick of the constant barrage of advertising. If there's a place where it can fit into your ears or eyes, it will go there. The top of the backboard in a basketball game. You're taking off your shoes at the airport and you look at the mi- in the bin, they're advertising to you in the bin now. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. If there's a place to sort of molest your eyes, it will happen. But I don't want to molest your ears. So thanks to those of you who do support the show on Patreon. Bonus things, behind the scenes things, uh, if you have suggestions for beer or guests or topics or music, pings at the space or you can reach out to me at davidhuntsberger.com. Uh, There's a new review. I, I Matt Kierschen, a recent guest talking about mathematics was like, Hey man, how can I share it? So I searched the link and I saw, Oh, sweet. Someone took my adv- uh, request to do just the littlest thing. Mention the show to a friend or, Give it a rating, a star rating, or you know any little thing like that. If you can't con- contribute to the Patreon, just little things like that help in <laughs> the latest review. If you haven't read it, you really should. It's something else. It's so flattering. Beyond a top 10 list, it's too much. I can't read it. Uh, things like that make me feel like I'm being self-aggrandizing or something, which it would be. I mean, you'd be like, geez, Dave, take it easy. But it's it's quite a review. So if you feel like... Uh, it would be nice of me to read your review, reach out and say, hey, I'd like to hear it. I don't really know. I get the sense that if you're listening to this show, you just kind of, you're like putting money in the tip jar and you don't care that the barista sees you, perhaps. Maybe I'm wrong there. You're like, no, no, no. Reference me. That's why I did it. Sure. Then I'll read your reviews. So let's be a collaborative community if we'd like to be. And if we'd like to remain anonymous to one another, that's fine too. But thank you so much. If you do... Support the show in any small way, telling someone, reading, reviewing, subscribing, whatever it is. So, thank you. And uh, this this song I'm about to play was played heavily in a Corona commercial years ago. I'm a little more lenient toward bands with that. They made a piece of art, they're hustling on the road, especially during a pandemic if they can't get out on the road. This was pre pandemic, the, the song being licensed, but still. I cut them a lot more slack because you have to get, like, 10 million spins, as they call it, on Spotify to equate to, like, one cent. I mean, it's atrocious. And if you've ever listened to Spotify, I mean, you might be listening to this podcast on it, they might have broken this show up and played you some ads. Every time someone sends me a playlist, I check it out, and every third or fourth song, there's an ad for, like, Walmart or Taco Bell or... uh, Dodge truck, you know, some gigantic corporation that has plenty of money, and then I'll get a little royalty breakdown. It is certainly not that, and I'm rambling too much here. Anyway, I can go. Maybe I'll do a Patreon about my my take on this. But the point is, this band, you know, if I guess on occasion you can write someone off or say like, oh, they're they're one of those, you know, commercial bands or something. Uh, but the song in the in the Corona Head's really good, and if you like this song I'm about to play, and you Google them, you might hear that song. It's called Saltwater. Pro- and you'll go, oh, yeah, I do know nine seconds of this song. The rest of the entire song is very good, though, as well. And I hope they're continuing to make music because I find them to be very good. And so they got a little bump years ago. Maybe this will help them get another one. Uh, it's certainly not a Corona commercial, but I like to play music from, from groups that uh, have very little light on them. This group's gotten some light on them, but maybe they could use a little more. So anyway, let's get out of here with a song by Geowulf. It's called I've Been Over It. I hope you like it. Have a great 2022. Thanks again to Fiona. Thanks for stopping by this basket.